Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files. I famously am a nerd (laughs) who has never seen The X-Files. Famously. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler-free. Today, we are talking about Season 3, Episode 10, 731. It originally aired December 1st, 1995. It was written by Frank Spotnitz, directed by Rob Bowman, the director of Airborne, the rock and roller blade <laughs> movie, starring Shane McDermott, Seth Green, and a young Jack Black. Well, 731 features the cast. Stephen McCaddy as Pontypool. <laughs> no, that's just what I called him. That's what I am calling him this whole time. Because they call him the red-haired man? And yeah. he is clearly not red-haired? No. But he is Grant Maisie in Pontypool. And I wrote again, because everyone needs to be reminded of Pontypool. What a giant mess of a movie. It was a good idea. Actually, was it? Yes. Okay, if you say so. Michael Putinen as the train conductor. He was Bill from Reindeer Games. Good for him. Yep. Robert Ito as Dr. Takio Ishimaru and Shiro Zama, which just depends on where he's located at the time. It's the same guy. Yes. He was Kai Chang from Jackie Chan Adventures, a TV series. I have vague memories of that. Colin Cunningham as Escalante. He was TC in Preacher. We watched four episodes of that. Yeah, a few episodes. I don't remember who TC is. Me neither. He was also Major Paul Davis in Stargate SG-1. I also watched a bunch of Stargate SG-1. Don't remember who Paul Davis is. Escalante. That same guy. Sure. And Don S. Williams as the first elder, Uncle Ray, also from the Reindeer Games. We have a Reindeer Game heavy episode. We really do. I've never seen it. Have you? No. It's a Ben Affleck movie. I do not care for Ben Affleck. A Baffleck movie? If they're going to mash his name up with everybody else, I'm going to mash his name up with himself. That's fine by me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do not care for Ben Affleck. Production, conception, and writing. In addition to the article about Unit 731 discussed in Part 1, inspiration was drawn from the films North by Northwest and The Train, which were the basis for the episode's train car setting. Excellent. I know a lot of people have seen North by Northwest. I am not one of them. No, I never really got into Hitchcock. No. What an asshole. Yeah. I like to remind people that auteurs are generally just assholes who got away with a lot. It's Paul Anderson, one of those guys. Paul Wait, Anderson not Paul is... Anderson, Wes Anderson. Oh. That's what I meant. I don't know much about Wes Anderson. I do know that if a woman tried to do what Wes Anderson does, not specifically, but have the same aesthetic in every single thing <laughs> she ever did... People would shit on her forever. Probably. I'm just wondering if he's a monster because he... Yeah, this is definitely not the way reality is, but he seems like too much of a dweeb to be a monster. Oh, yeah, that's not how reality no, works. No, not how reality <laughs> works. But I don't know anything specific about him, but because his aesthetic is so particular, I bet he could be challenging to work with. Seems reasonable. I like his movies. That's fine. I'm a fan. But not a fan of Baffleck? No. Baffleck can... Nope. I got nothing. Can stop making movies? (laughs) (laughs) He can just be with his new bride, Jennifer Affleck. (laughs) No! 
She changed her name. I think it's stupid. It's too bad. It's not too bad. You know what? Feminism is everybody doing what I say they should do. Yes. Don't change your last name. <laughs> she did. She's no longer J-Lo. She's now J-Aff. That, uh, she could do so much better. Probably, but... I Oh, there's a podcast I listen to called I Love It But I Hate It. Great podcast. And any time they come up, the two hosts are like, they must be having so much sex. Because every time you see them, they just look wrecked. <laughs> like, like they've just fallen out of bed and where they've been for four days. Yeah, that's why I look bad all the time, too. <laughs> Previously on the X-Files, zip up alien. Kill the doctors, Senator Matheson. Scully finds a book club, but they're all dying. Mulder sees an alien get on a train. Mulder, don't get on that train. <laughs> Mulder gets on the train. He does get on the train. That was a good recap. Thank you. I don't remember ever seeing a previously on on Hulu before, so I got excited when I saw it. I know, and I feel like there'd be previously ons on the other two parters, but I could barely remember that we watched the part one of this when we... <laughs> I think Hulu just doesn't do previously ons. Maybe. I don't know. But this time, we are in Perky, West Virginia. A group of U.S. soldiers burst through chained gates at a Hansen's disease research facility, violently rounding up the patients. I did not realize that leprosy changed its name to Hansen's disease so long ago. Yeah, I didn't look up when, but I do have a tiny bit about leprosy. Actually, I'll just put it here in my science corner. Science corner with Kristen. Leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease, is curable. It is a chronic infectious disease caused by Mycobacterium leprae, an acid-fast rod-shaped bacillus. The disease mainly affects the skin, the peripheral nerves, mucosa of the upper respiratory tract, and the eyes. Sounds awful. It does. But I do like that it's curable. You get it in time and doesn't make you a monster, which seems like what we were told when we were kids. I remember it makes your body parts fall off. Yeah. One of the guys that we'll meet shortly has no nose. Oh, I missed him. I know syphilis does that too. Yeah. I know that because of Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> One patient, Escalante, hides beneath a trap door during the arrival and follows the group to a secluded field nearby. He watches as the soldiers murder the other patients, who are all apparent alien-human hybrids, into a mass grave. We see Escalante, who appears to be human only. Yes, there is heavy, heavy Holocaust symbolism here. Absolutely 100%. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. And... We are not following the rules of the alien-human hybrids. The blood should be toxic. So when the soldiers kill all these guys, they should be getting poisoned. That's a really good point. They are outside. So if we want to say that's it why dispersed. it disperses, then okay. But This was super Holocaust heavy. Oh, man. Yeah. The, they made them wear pajamas that looked... Yeah, it was... The boy in the striped pajamas. I don't know what that is. It's a book about a little boy. Wearing striped pajamas, having fun adventures? No. Oh, that's too bad. I know. <laughs> yep, unfortunately, no. Uh, Mulder loses his cell phone after jumping on top of a moving train. There is a scene, real quick, where I'm only pointing it out because we've talked about his stunt double mm -hmm. multiple times. There's a scene where it's not him on top of the train. 
And I was like, that's not him. I was the Leonardo DiCaprio gif. (laughs) Filming the scene, they used a harness cabled across the top of the car that was removed digitally during post-production because David Duchovny did do the stunt. Yeah, he jumped. It took six weeks to set that up. There is just, it's just one shot where it's not. I remember seeing it too, because then I kept reading and it's like, no, he did the stunt. I'm like, maybe he did. Okay, fine. He did the stunt, but one part of this isn't him. Yeah. I agree. Definitely one bit. There's definitely a shot. They spliced in. But yes, he, when he jumps onto the train that he is not supposed to be jumping onto, he loses contact with Scully because he drops his cell phone. His cell phone. Does he also drop his gun? No. He's not holding his gun. He should have stowed his cell phone. If he was smart, pocket that shit, man. When has Mulder done a smart thing? Later in this episode. When prior to this moment. <laughs> I'm sure he's done great things that are more than just pointing his gun directly at somebody's face at NASA. Scully is still with X and wants to know what's on the train. What's on the train? As soon as you said what's on the train, <laughs> I, knew you were I do saw that. your face. <laughs> <laughs> he says it doesn't matter anymore she calls him an ignorant son of a he pulls a gun he doesn't like being called names she pulls a gun he pulls a gun he takes her gun from her i blinked you did because it was quick she pulls the gun on him and he just turns around snatches it right back wow it's brutal i must have been typing when he snatched it because when i looked up he was holding it Mm -hmm. all right well X is a badass. Um, so he, he snatches her gun and tells her to analyze her implant, saying that it will give her answers about the train, her sister Melissa's murder, and probably more than she needs to know. It holds more than I can ever tell you. So you probably should have looked at it sometime in the last year. I feel like me as myself would just be like, oh, fuck, I got, oh, fine, it's out of my body, I don't want to think about it anymore. That seems awful. Me as a medical doctor and an FBI agent who has actual access to all of the equipment to get this tested Mm -hmm. would be doing that. Yeah, who gets abducted regularly. Right, yes. Gets attacked in her home regularly. Yes. And the reason that I say me as myself is because I don't have access to any of this stuff. So all I would be doing is obsessing over it and causing myself even more stress and never getting any information. I would just yell at it. How do you open PDF? Wow. Screaming. And then it starts talking to you like Siri. (laughs) That'd be nice. You just have to, you have to figure out what the code is for it to turn on. Meanwhile, Mulder enters the train and finds the secret rail car is quarantined and protected by a security system. Which, I mean, it's going to be quarantined. It should be protected. Fair. Mulder finds the train conductor. We know he's the conductor because his hat plate says so. It does. I liked this guy. I did too. This guy was great. He was a great guy. I wish he had more of a name than the train conductor. (laughs) Yes. But we call him Conductor. And you know what? He has a title, and it's a title of respect, so I guess it's fine. All respect to the Conductor. The Conductor says he can't get into the sealed, quarantined car, regardless of how badly Mulder wants to get in there. (laughs) It's like, dude. But I really want it. Still can't help. I can't help you. So he tells Mulder that they pick up train cars sometimes. This isn't the first time that they've picked up a train car that they don't know anything about, and they... 
transfer it. It sounds weird and sketch, but I bet they do this constantly with, in, like in this scenario, because we know that there's something on it. But I bet they do this all the time. Absolutely. I can point you to a great podcast about how there are like four companies who are just creating all kinds of problems for us because they control the railways, even though the railways are public property. Is it secretly incredibly fascinating? It is not. It is Congressional Dish. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. I might listen to that because that's because now I want to know more, more about trains. <laughs> the conductor does say that a Dr. Zama is on board and may be involved because the conductor f- caught him trying to get into the quarantined car earlier. Just he got on a, near the same time that they picked up that car, and he's a doctor. It's a real tenuous. He, he leaps to that conclusion. Pretty he said quickly. that he was at the door. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In Zama's compartment, so Mulder leaves to go find Dr. Zama. In Zama's compartment, they find... Well, I want to go through this scene because oh. uh, he has the conductor unlock the door, unlock Zama's door. Oh, that's true, yes. And then knock on it, but stay away. Yeah, that was good. And then open it, but stay away. Yep. And the conductor's entire demeanor in this scene is just, man, I guess. <laughs> it really, really is. <laughs> I loved it so much. You are so right. I'm glad you paused for this because you're right. That was amazing. The essence of his being was, man, I guess. You want me to... All right. (laughs) It was was wonderful. I loved it. That is very true. When they open the door, we find... Empty. 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 That's right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. And then I was getting it convoluted. It's empty. Mulder goes through some stuff. He finds handwritten journals in Japanese. But, uh, he speaks French. He doesn't even speak French. He says, I took French in high school. I'm going to say that he's fluent he's because not. of that. Mm-hmm. I took French in high school as well. Yeah. Are you fluent? We. Yeah. Oui. yeah. <laughs> say I'm fluent in French. Je parle français. <laughs> Je m'appelle Thomas. <laughs> or no, I'm sorry. Thomas. The S is silent. Yes. That was my French name. The S is at the beginning and it's silent. Stoma. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you guys get different names? You guys didn't pick uh, different names in foreign language classes? No. Uh, my Spanish name was Pablo. Pablo Esposito? No, just Pablo. Pablo Reed. No, we didn't change our names at all. Uh, my best friend, Jeff, took the name Nacho. And we were Pablo E. Nacho. Wow. We, we were two seniors in a freshman Spanish class. That'll do it. I was listening to another podcast, so we're doing just... Tan- this is basically an episode of Tangents, so we're just going to talk about all of the other podcasts we listen to. Which is weird, because this is a really good episode. Yes. Well, I was listening to, a back- listening to Backpacker Radio, in case you guys want to go backpacking. And they were talking about Taika Waititi and all of his amazingness, just his brilliance. And they said two of the themes that are throughout all of his work are they make fun of accountants. Like all of his work doesn't tie together, but there are two running jokes. One is making fun of accountants and the other is making fun of the name Jeff. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) And I can only remember that in What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Jesk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't read the journals because none of us read Japanese of the, th- of the three of us. Yes. However, elsewhere on the train, Pontypool intercepts and strangles Zama. 
He actually um, garrots him, doesn't does yeah. he? Yeah, he garrots him. Mulder finds a briefcase and gives the conductor a gun. And there is no way in hell, if I'm the conductor, I'm taking this gun that has no bullets in it. No! I'd be like, I'm sorry, I don't know... Look, I will stand on the side of a door and knock on it if you insist, but I'm not... If you want me to point a gun at a person, it had better have bullets in it. Because unlike Dana Scully, if I point a gun at a person, it's because I'm willing to kill them. You do not pull your weapon if you are not willing to use it. I think that there should be no weapons on this train because do you know how easily a bullet would go through any of these doors? That's not like it's an airplane. Oh, I... <laughs> I'm thinking of depressurization. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, a couple episodes ago, they were shooting through hospitals. I don't think there should be guns allowed in hospitals. <laughs> well, General What's-His-Face disagrees. I don't think they should have let that guy leave. <laughs> <laughs> I have all kinds of problems with their gun etiquette. I do, too. And giving someone an unloaded weapon is one of them. It, that was wild. What was that? I don't know. I was not a gun owner in the 90s, so... Insanity. Insanity. Production <laughs> when, note? When I was 17, I didn't own a gun. That's good. <laughs> That's because you didn't grow up in Florida. It's true. Production note. The producers built train car interiors for the quarantine car where the patient was being kept and the sleeper cars and floated the train sets on inner tubes to create the feeling of movement. Well done. Yeah. Props to the prop department. Exactly. I love it. Scully sees Pindrell, who tells her that... The implant contains highly advanced technology that can replicate the brain's memory functions and enable someone to know a person's very thoughts. We're going, okay, it's a sci-fi show for this. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. I'll go with it. No problem. But I want to point out Agent Pendrel. Second episode, I'm good with this guy. I like this guy. I have more thoughts on this guy later, later on. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I like this guy, too. I like that he was obviously taken with Scully and was trying to be professional, but it was also like, but I kind of have a crush on her and I don't know what to do with this with these feelings. Yeah. He was having big feelings and trying to keep them inside his body. Yeah. And good job trying to keep them inside your body and not being a super creep about yes. it. Yes. I really nice appreciated it. I appreciated it. He got the point across that he needed to. He gave her the information. He was not eerie or creepy. He didn't say something like, I've pictured us in bed together. <laughs> I'm still I still think you're being way too harsh about that I don't care The manufacturer of the chip was Zama Who created the implant at the West Virginia compound So still not aliens Still not aliens Scully travels to the West Virginia compound As she's flashing her light around Two people in sweatsuits panic run into the building She follows them and finds Escalante and others in a hidey hole I would like to point out that we never once hear anybody call him Escalante. Yeah. So... He has a name. And in the subtitles, they say he's Escalante. And he's obviously credited as yeah. Escalante. They never say it in the episode. That's really interesting. I wonder what they cut out. This is one of those things where I wish this was our job. Because I would totally be reading the shooting scripts. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. If we had more time to do this and make it a professional podcast i would uh yeah Re reading the shooting scripts is something i'd be super interested that in. would be interesting i love reading scripts i've read a couple different ones and it's just it's always very very interesting to read a script versus see the movie mm -hmm. and even read the book that the script is based off of it's 
it's a great way to get more of a story by but you have a bunch you often have a bunch of different storytellers that way so it can also be chaotic yeah oh and before we leave this scene entirely pendrel says that when he started looking at it just simply doing that started the destruction process that's right it was so fragile yes so x by telling her to look at it tricked her into destroying it Ooh, i like x yeah, I would like to point that out. That's a good point out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like X because he is complicated, and I want to know more. He's either complicated or he's just a liar. And right now it's kind of impossible to tell. Yeah, right now I guess I'm leaning toward complicated. Mm-hmm. By the end of the episode, I think we'll arrive at complicated. Escalane tells Scully that... He and the others have lived there for a while at the um, at the compound, but have also been hiding from the death squads that have been killing hundreds of patients. The patients were experimented on by Dr. Zama, who's not there currently and hasn't been for a while, and apparently all the people he experimented on came back worse. Since then, the death squads have set out to massacre them. Yeah, he Ugh. says to Scully... We thought you were one of them. We thought you were here to kill us. And she says, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm with the FBI. Again, I've pointed it out several times. That does not mean you're not here to kill us. Right. And what happens next? Hold on to your butts. (laughs) Escalante shows Scully the mass grave, but is killed when U.S. Army soldiers arrive to capture Scully, who is delivered to the First Elder. Yes, the mass grave of creatures that are clearly alien. And I don't know why she is in denial of that. It's very strange. This scene is odd. It's not like you can't see them. It's not like they're all face down and you're like, I don't know. They're kind of obscured because it's dark or whatever. They're obviously alien heads. Yeah, they have the big eyes, the small mouths. Those things are aliens. I believe that the majority of the alien hybrids here, just like before when they ran by Scully, mm-hmm. are played by children. That's terrifying considering <laughs> what happens to them. It's awful. I liked it when it was children running through the yes. through the subway and they're like, yay! <laughs> that was pretty great. This, not great. This is awful. This is Holocaust stuff, which the X-Files likes to talk about without having a real solid stance. I think they're definitely saying it. it's bad. But the Holocaust is bad. Oh, I, not the Holocaust. <laughs> okay. Sorry. The U.S. government is doing all of this stuff, but we're also supposed to be on the government side. Yeah, I think that's a problem with a lot of copaganda. Yeah. You're trying to root for the government while fighting against the government. Yeah. What are you going to do? Stop watching Copaganda after this entire podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they bring Justified back. Oh, man. Why do they do so good sometimes? (laughs) Mulder returns to the rail car, seeing its door ajar. There are a lot of half-open doors in this train. Yes, which seems noisy. Especially in a train because they'd just be banging around. Yeah. They'd just be sliding open and closed and then you would get the outside because you wouldn't get that seal. When the door's closed you'd get the seal so it would keep some of the sound out. That'd just be loud. Brutal. Uh, Mulder sees an alien human test subject 
is locked in a room inside. This is inside the quarantine car. How does he see that? Based on how it's set up later. So he goes into the quarantine car, goes to the back, and in the back, That's where there's he sees a. It. Yep. There's a, a, an extra room, an extra quarantine part. Yes. So he sees through the extra quarantine part, and that's where he sees the subject. And then Pontypool tries to garret him. Right. That's it. That's what happened. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, that's when the conductor shows up, and he locks them both in the train car. When he, they have, he has a standoff with a with an empty gun, which puts him in serious danger because Pontypool is clearly a very dangerous person. Yes. So. Uh, knowing that he's in danger and he's about to get his ass whooped, possibly killed, conductor takes off and yeah. shuts the door, seals them both in. Which is exactly what he should be doing. And I breathed a sigh of relief. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. I was like, <laughs> whew. Yes. Oh, my God. Let them figure it out in there. I was, I was so worried about the conductor in this scene. I was like, no, I like you. He did, he did the right thing. Yeah. He's on a train full of people. And these assholes are going to open up a quarantine car into the rest of the train car and have a fight to the death? No. Get your asses off my train. <laughs> Pontypool claims to work for the NSA and that there's a bomb in the car, which was triggered after he gained entry with Zama's passcode. Why would that be? Why would the bomb go off when Zama enters? No, the, it's armed, not goes off. And then it gets disarmed on the way out. Okay. Mulder doesn't believe him. There's a lot of scenes with Mulder holding him at gunpoint. Uh, but doing everything right. He never once slips. He's never like, okay, hand me this thing directly. He's always put it on the table. Yeah. Back up. Mulder has good episode here. He's doing things right. He is, he's got his gun trained on the guy, and I believe he's willing to use it. And he's not, like, walking up to him to a point where he can just reach out and snatch the gun. Oh my gosh. Mulder does everything correctly with him in this whole, you know, last half of the episode. I was very impressed. Well, that's because the writers, directors respect David Duchovny. Could be, but he's done a lot of dumb shit before with guns. That's true. Pontypool gives Mulder the code Zama gave him before, <laughs> before Pontypool murdered Zama. But he doesn't believe that the code is the same for the entrance and the exit and believes that using the code a second time will detonate the bomb. As Mulder is... Well, in... he says, uh, you know, you're taking your chances. And, of course, Mulder's like, yeah, I'll take my chances. Because why would Mulder trust this guy? I wouldn't. And he doesn't, which I think is another great thing. Mulder yeah. isn't just like, okay, yeah, I believe you. No, it makes sense. As Mulder is inputting the code that Pontypool gave him from Dr. Zama, Pontypool's phone rings, and it's the first elder who dialed for Scully. He's like, it's cool, I got his number. <laughs> Here you go. Scully, who is with the First Elder in a similar train car, tells Mulder that unwitting subjects, including herself, were operated on by Zama on a secret railway, with the alien abduction theory used as a smokescreen. Which I like. I do too, actually. I like the reasoning that they give Scully. They give Scully a real good actual reason to not believe the alien stuff here, if not for the fact that she's literally seen the alien. Yes, I agree. It is good because she, when she talks to Mulder and Mulder says, why do you believe him? She says, I got what I've been looking for, evidence. Yeah. Which, whatever he showed her, because we don't see what she's shown, is believable, I guess. 
Yeah. But why would you trust the first elder? Her only other interaction with somebody from the cigarette smoking organization is well manicured man. Well manicured man didn't lie to her at all. That's true. That guy rocked. That guy, I wish he I was wish there. he was here instead of the first elder, yes. I because he has a relationship with her already. Right. He's just way cooler. He's so much cooler. And he's given her real information already. Yeah. So I think he would have been cooler to see and he would have fit better in this scene because she, she has she has reasons to, you know, somewhat trust that guy. Right. Not necessarily trust him, but believe him in that he's not this. lying. This Right. Believe that he's not lying about Yeah. Something. I would have liked that. <laughs> you have ulterior motives. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How refreshing was that, though? <laughs> right? That was so nice. Yeah. Of course I do. Of course. That doesn't mean that this information is bad. <laughs> it was so good. That would have got me. Yeah. Man, if anybody ever needs to get me, I guess that's how they'll do it. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with this guy playing the first time. Oh, no. He's fine. It just, the other guy's fucking cooler. And would have fit better in the scene. Yeah. So Scully confirms that there is a bomb on the car and believes that the quarantine patient is infected with hemorrhagic fever. People may recall this from the 2014 Ebola outbreak. However, hemorrhagic fever is not new. A couple of examples are yellow fever epidemic in 1793 in Philadelphia, PA, and possibly the cause of the plague of Athens during the Peloponnesian War in 431 to 404 BC. Okay. She fears that thousands will die from the disease if the car explodes, and Mulder finds the bomb in the ceiling. First try. Well, she tells her where it's at. Does she? Yeah. I was like, how does he know where it's at? She says, vent in the ceiling. Okay. He's like, okay, there's the vent in the ceiling. Look in there. (laughs) So in my brain, I guess I was looking up where all the other hemorrhagic fevers came from. Apparently. Because in my memory, she's like, yeah, there's definitely a bomb in the train. And he's like, all right, I guess I'll look. Here? (laughs) (laughs) No, she tells him. I was like, that's insane. (laughs) You're not even going to (laughs) try? Scully tries to help, but Mulder pretends to hit static and hangs up on her. (laughs) He doesn't do that. He 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 should have, though. Would have been funny. He then tells Conductor to have the engineer reroute the train and drop their car somewhere as far away from population as possible. As the train slows, we can see obvious signs of population all around, like a road (laughs) with cars on it. There's a mining operation going on there. Yes. Yeah. After the car is disconnected from the rest of the train, Mulder calls Scully to basically say either goodbye or I told you so, depending on whether or not they blow up. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) so that's how that conversation goes. Mulder then questions Pontypool, who says that the patient is a weapon, which is why the United States government is so interested in it. Which makes sense. Yeah. Zama had tried to sneak the patient out of the country, but the U.S. government would rather see them destroyed than let their research fall into Japanese hands. But didn't the research originate with the Nazi Japanese that the U.S. paid to set free so that we could use the data? Yeah, and all the experiments are being conducted on U.S. soil, so I don't know how it's the Japanese government who's doing all of this. It isn't it's literally the united states government that's yeah. doing all of this yeah so it's weird that they're going we can't let the japanese have this you're right but but also we shouldn't have it i mean it doesn't exist so we can't get into super semantics about this yes we can what do you think this show is cast files super semantics oh. <laughs> pontypool was sent to do a job and he was not expected to fail 
He wasn't. He must have been really good before this. Before he ran into Fox Mulder. Right. Fox. That's not a real name. <laughs> Clyde, I love you. <laughs> Mulder believes that the patient is an alien-human hybrid, but Pontypool says that if that were true, wouldn't someone have come to rescue the patient? And we're like, I don't know anymore. You guys are talking in circles. <laughs> Scully calls back. She signals X with the tape on the window in Mulder's apartment, which is not tricky, which is dangerous. What's another word for dangerous? <laughs> risky? Yes. Which is risky because last time she put the X on the window, she got shot in the head. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. I would have, like, at least ducked. She starts watching the videotape, the 2995 videotape that contains the alien autopsy that Mulder purchased. And she realizes that she can see the passcode because whoever was recording this zoomed in on the hand. Which is nice. It Unless was... she used the zoom in feature on Fox Mulder's VCR. It zooms. It You like do the, <laughs> the hand thing on, this, on your screen. It just zoomed all the way in. So she's reading off to Mulder what the code is. And he's like, TikTok. And she's like, I still can't see. It's another instance of like when the conductor, just because you want it doesn't mean I can make it happen. <laughs> right. They go through the code, which was smart that she found this and timely. And as soon as Mulder successfully unlocks the door of the rail car, this is when he stopped paying attention to Pontypool. So he didn't actually. He was on his game up until this point. Yes. And then he wasn't anymore and he gets knocked unconscious. Got distracted by by Dana Scully. No. <laughs> As Pontypool is about to leave, X appears and just shoots him. It was amazing how quickly this was resolved. It was wild. Because I was ready for like a whole... Another episode? Scuffle to be happening. At least a scuffle. Something. Yeah. No. He runs around the corner and falls back into frame. Yeah, you hear a gunshot. And then he falls backwards and just moans. Ugh. Yep. And that's when X shows up. Realizing that the bomb is about to explode and that there is not enough time to save both Mulder and secure the patient, X decides to save Mulder. Why? Because Wouldn't of... the patient be more important? Why is Mulder so important and to whom? <laughs> Here's my justification for this. There was a minute left on that bomb. It was going to take more than a minute to get the door open to get the alien. That would make sense. At that point, he's like, I can save Mulder or nobody. <laughs> Might as well save somebody. I guess I guess I'm here. Yeah. If I do this, I can, you know, convince them I'm on their side a little bit longer. Yeah. Probably went there for the alien. Got Mulder because that's what he could do. Alright. X exits carrying the still unconscious Mulder shortly before the bomb explodes. After recovering from his injuries, Mulder attempts to find information on the rail car, but he is unable to do so. Even the forestry service has no idea what happened to the train car. It's true. What about that mining company? No idea. Mm, I bet the mining company took it. I bet the mining company has it. Yeah. I bet that's where all those kids are. They're like, we can use this human-alien hybrid to learn how to mine faster. <laughs> Scully returns the journal that was found in the train car, but Mulder realizes that it is a rewritten substitute. And he says something like, they're trying to get away with it, Scully. And she says, they've already gotten away with it, Mulder. It was a good line. It was a good line. And then meanwhile, the real journal is translated in a shadowy room as the smoking man watches. Fan. That's it. 
fade to black. So we're not worried about the hemorrhagic fever, apparently. No, apparently not. Because the thing explodes and X and Mulder are right there. They yeah. don't die of hemorrhagic fever. Seems like they did not. N- neither do any of the miners. Nope. I, at least that we know of. Maybe all the miners did. We'll never know because they are not as important as Fox and Mulder. True. Also, I think we are supposed to realize at that point that that whole thing was a lie. Yeah. Maybe that's why it wasn't well-manicured man. Well-manicured man wouldn't lie to her and say that there's hemorrhagic fever. That's true. I believe that would be true. And then he would have told her what was actually going on to a degree. Yeah. Not all of the things. Clearly they don't want her knowing that there's alien-human hybrids, even though she's seen them. Right. She saw Mulder be poisoned by their one of their blood. Yeah. At one point. Two points. He's been poisoned twice by their blood. Oh, has he? Yeah. Mm. I remember when they couldn't heat up his body. That was one of the times. What was the other time? Um, the guy who was breathing underwater. They yeah. had the, all the fish tanks. Right. That time, one of them got shot, and he was there, and he got poisoned. Uh, how'd they get him out of that one? I don't remember. They dumped him in the middle of the street. This was the season one finale, I think. That's right. Oh, yeah. They're not even following their own rules. Which they haven't been since, <laughs> what, episode two? Who do they think they are? True Blood? <laughs> oh, that one would have been a roller coaster to do as well. <laughs> I still think Bill. we should do a True Blood podcast. Bill! <laughs> Bill! <laughs> so okay. <laughs> the best thing that came out of True Blood is Eric and that Snoop song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, suck it. Oh, suck it. Let me get in your head. Oh, suck it. We can lay in the bed. Oh, suck it. <laughs> All right, who are you shipping? Pendrell and Scully. Nice. I am shipping Pendrell, Pontypool, The Conductor, and more episodes. Oh. This is a thing I was thinking about before we even watched this episode. We need more reoccurring characters in this show. We really do. Pontypool's dead, though. Pontypool's probably dead, and that's why I kind of had to... I scratched him out a little. I mean, he got shot, and he got blowed up. Yeah. That's a double whammy. It really... It's a one-two punch there. <laughs> that is a, it's a hell of a left-right combo. Oof. Yeah, but... I was, we didn't see it. You're right. Yeah. I, but I, I have been thinking we need more reoccurring characters in the show. Yeah. Focusing on Mulder and Scully is fine, I guess, but when you get more invested in more characters and you make it more of an ensemble, there's more going on. It makes the show more exciting. Yeah, I don't know if they ever get into an ensemble cast, really. I I mean, I have no idea. I know that Skinner stays around for a while, so maybe he becomes part of an ensemble. Yeah, I guess. X is starting to show up more frequently, but it might just be because of this specific storyline. Right, I don't know if he ever, if he, I don't know if he shows up beyond this season yeah so pentrol showing up back to back i thought was cool maybe they can start going back to him that would be great just yeah. to have somebody and then we could be like oh it's pentrol yay yeah let's listen to what he found out so two and a half seasons in and this is my opinion is we're gonna need more of an ensemble yeah that makes sense how are you surviving i am surviving by getting that immunity from that alien Pontypool says what's you know more important than nukes and biological warfare and all that and Mulder's like an army that can withstand all of that it's like okay that's true uh and that's what the 
alien hybrid is. He's immune to nuclear weapons and <laughs> all disease. I'm going to get me some of that. All right. That's how I'm surviving. I feel like what's more important than nuclear weapons and bioterrorism is to stop doing that bullshit. Stop it. Well, I don't have any control over that. Peace, man. <laughs> Make love, not war. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's a flower. Whatever, hippie. In your gun. <laughs> You're pointing at my face because this is the X-Files and also the world. I'm surviving by hiding from the feds. <laughs> yeah, that did not work out very well. Well, for uh, Escalante, Escalante and Co. had stayed hidden. That's what I'm saying. He he stopped hiding. Right. And it did not work out. No. And the song that I'm suggesting for this one. Uh huh. One week. Uh, okay. By the Bare Naked Ladies. I see. Because the Smoking Man's in this one. Excellent. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at CastFiles. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at TheCastFiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by at Uka Art. That's O-O-K-A-A-R-T. 